like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined by my co-host, Andrew Ogilwich. We are back following the stomping of the Houston Texans 40-0 to this past Sunday. And before I you know, introduce Andrew here and give him a chance to speak. I just want all the listeners to know at 9.16 p.m. on Saturday night, Andrew (laughs) texts me, I can't believe what I'm saying, but I have a weird feeling about tomorrow. I had to talk him off the ledge. Josh's first throw of the game gets intercepted. I'm thinking Andrew's bringing all the bad juju, but then we go on to whoop their ass. So, Andrew, welcome back for another show. And I would like you to give, you know, defend yourself here and just talk about the game. So you're just going to throw me under the bus like that right off the bat. I get it. That's how the show's <laughs> going to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't – dude, I could not shake the feeling all weekend that, man, this feels like a trap game. It looks like a trap game. Talks like a trap game. It might be a freaking trap game. And the first – play from scrimmage <laughs> looked like a trap game um but then right we pulled it out and it was fine and we go on to do what we did but yeah I don't know I and I told you Nick I told this I told you this I still have scars and trauma from the drought years like you don't just get over that <laughs> overnight no, it's, right? true. Like, it's true I still have the trust issues I still pinch myself right every sunday thinking this can't be real this isn't where we are right where's the where's the shoe gonna drop right <laughs> like what's what's wrong with this team what's gonna happen same old um, bills <laughs> right you know billsy losses here and there but it's not happening and it hasn't happened yet knock on wood like let's just throw week one away i we'll get to that later on in the show but you can't take week one seriously, right? Like it's week one. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, But yeah, they did what I said they should do. If we remember, so let's go back. Now I'm going to toot my own horn here. You threw me in the bus. Now I'm going to toot the horn of that bus. What did I say in last week's episode? I said, if you want to impress and you want to prove that you are a team to be reckoned with, you need to come out and do what? You need to pitch a shutout. And that's what they did. They scored 40 points and they pitched a shutout for the second time this season. And you know what? They're the third team since 1990 to record a shutout in two of their first four games this season. The other teams were Baltimore in 2000 and Washington in 91. You know what happened those years? They won the Super Bowl, baby. Those two teams won the Super Bowl. So it was pretty good. It was pretty good there. Is that good? I think that's good. I think we're in good company. So, yes, the team looked great. The Texans ran 11 plays in Bill's territory on Sunday. Four of them went for positive yardage, four went for no gain, and three were interception. This defense is on fire, and they did it without Jordan Poyer. They did it most of the game without Matt Milano. Hopefully, right, that's just a precaution thing, right? They know – 
we're going to freaking wipe the floor with this team. We don't need Matt going back out there. He's fine. So let's hope that's what it is. We'll know more um, as we go on throughout the week. Tomorrow will be a big test. Tomorrow and Thursday will be a big test with Milano. We'll see where he's at. Um, but, yeah, the, the defense was firing, right? Uh, Tremaine Edmonds looked great. He stepped up. A.J. Klein stepped up. You know who else stepped up? Justin Zimmer, dude, I've been talking about all season. Justin Zimmer stepped up. He looked great. Again, another game that he's been doing all season, just being there. He's just there, right? Like he's in the holes. He's off the line. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, but with purpose, right? He's a purposeful headless chicken. Like dude is good. He is really really good for this defense DeMar Hamlin looked great in the secondary like the secondary did not get burned at all they locked it down like this defense is incredible right um granted the only weapon on the Texans is Brandon Cooks right we haven't played too many teams with weapons I'll get to that again later down there's there's a rant brewing in case you haven't sensed that already there's a rant rant coming but, like, that's huge. The defense showed up and did what they needed to do in this game. Um, and just incredible, incredible showing. Um, Josh started slow. We obviously, right, throwing that pick on the first play of the game. Um, but then he turned it on, right? He's evading tackles. He's making plays. He's finding guys wide open. The touchdown pass to Dawson Knox was beautiful. His patience, the double pump fake, his patience to wait for Dawson to take a couple more steps to be wide open, like gorgeous, just gorgeous. Time to toot my own horn again. What did I say during the preseason shows? Dawson Knox looks like he's trying to fight for his life this season. He's putting in a lot of work. We've seen that four games in Dawson Knox is showing up right before we were worried. He's only going to make the stupid, crazy catches that no one else can make. He can't make those simple catches. He can't make simple plays. He can't block. That hasn't been the case so far this season. For the most part, Dawson Knox has looked great. He's looked like he deserves to be on this team. He looks like there's a reason Bean didn't go out and trade for Ertz, right? He looks like he has the work he's put in and the work that we called out earlier in this, in the um, preseason looks like it's paying off for him. Um, so that was great to see. Um, it's like it, Diggs and, and Josh finally starting to connect, right? Had a, a deep ball in the second half. Beautiful pass, beautiful catch. Manuel Sanders still making those catches. Like it's just the passing game looks like it's almost back, right? It's not perfect. There's things that need to be cleaned up, um, but it's looking better. The running game. Are you kidding me, Devin Singletary? That dude, every time he got the ball, looked like he was shot out of a cannon. The explosiveness off the line was incredible. The blocking for him, incredible. The offensive line looked great you know why the offensive line looked great spencer brown yeah where have i heard that name before oh that's right in the preseason shows i talked about him i talked about how i bought his jersey i own a spencer brown jersey that's how much i like this dude i've said in right watching him in those practices at the bills stadium right he looked incredible at right guard where or at right tackle where they put him right tackle they moved daryl williams over 
and put him at the right tackle. Dude got beat maybe once or twice. That's going to happen, right? Offensive linemen cannot be perfect for 75 offensive snaps, right? It's going to happen. But he looked great. He looked like he was having fun out there. We, I know a lot of people have seen that video that's going around on Twitter. Exactly, Nick, right? Of mocking the Texans defender about his height. I said that. Like, the dude just looks like he's having fun. He's commanding respect if, with the team, with, like, the, just the the starters, the vets. Like, this kid's a rookie. He, we just drafted him. He looks incredible. Uh, and as a kind of reward to his hard work, McDermott came out today and said he's not changing the line, nor should he. That line that played on Sunday should play all season long. Hot take here. I think Feliciano's going after this year. We don't need him. We proved that we don't need him. He's an incredible glue guy, incredible player to have around, but I don't think we need him. I think we're fine with where we're at. Mitch Morse looked incredible. He held down that center of the line. Um, the blocks are great. He's pulling and looking fast to get to the edge to help Zach Moss and help Singletary break the corner, uh, get to the edge of the line and get downfield like that. The running game looks awesome. It's just, we were, uh, what <clears throat> one Mitchell Trubisky meal away from 200 yard running game. Like incredible. Again, I know it's the, the Texans. I know Alabama could probably beat them, but like, it's hard to win games in the NFL, right? You have to beat again. This is going to, I'm foreshadowing my rant, but like, you have to beat the teams you play every week. And we didn't beat this team. We destroyed this team, as they should have. So, um, incredible game. Incredible to watch. Um, got me feeling good going to the into the rest of the season. And I will shut up and let you share your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, offensive line was great. I'm glad that McDermott's going to stick with that. Kind of to channel what you said about Feliciano, I think the same could be said about Cody Ford. I mean, yeah. he's he hasn't played a lot. You know, you saw they chose Bucker <laughs> in over him. Um, he did get in for that one play when Dawkins went down for a brief second, but the way they played, there's no reason to change the line, especially how effectively they did run the ball. I'd also like to take a second to apologize to Dawson Knox because I wouldn't <laughs> say I was a hater, but I had my doubts, and I was one of the people – banging the drum to trade for Zach Ertz, but Dawson Knox to this point, and we need to continue to see it, you know, it's a 17 week schedule. It's not four weeks. He's got to continue doing the same things he has, but he's been very impressive thus far. He's been one of the better tight ends in the whole entire NFL, not just, you know, in for the bills himself. Um, run game was awesome. Again, I'm hoping we see that against Kansas city to maybe take a little bit of that nerves we've seen in big games from Josh uh, recently down. Um, the Diggs Allen connection, Sanders connection, like you had mentioned, is in full effect. Um, and then, you know, the defense, like you said, was unreal. And another player that we didn't even talk about that was out was Taron Johnson. And Cam Lewis stepped in and did an awesome job. Yes, forced a yep. fumble um, that I believe Klein or someone recovered. Um, he did really good in the slot. It's a great guy that you can just bring up off the practice squad when needed. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, they kind of left him on an island back in that spot, and he did a really good job and came away with an interception. Came with his, yeah. Um, you know, the secondary was something that we were pretty concerned about going into the year as far as what the depth was going to be. But Damar Hamlin, Cam Lewis, Jaquan Johnson, these guys, Saran Neal on special teams, they all stepped up and answered the task. And like you said before, shout out to AJ Klein. Obviously, we're 
praying for the best with Matt Milano, but he stepped in, did a phenomenal job. And I thought when Milano went up, out, Tremaine Edmonds really elevated his level of play and did an awesome job. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with you on Justin Zimmer hundred percent. And, you know, we've kind of been hard on this guy throughout the year so far. We're kind of tired of him, but Starla Tula had a really good game. He was creating yes. pressure. He got a sack. Boogie Basham comes in his first game. Get to sack. Honestly, I wouldn't mind having him, Zimmer, Latule, all those guys active and keeping Vernon Butler on the side. Um, the defensive line played really well, and we, they got three sacks. You know, again, it gets it's against Davis Mills, but like you said, winning in the NFL is hard. Going out mm-hmm. and shutting out a professional team is not easy, and we've done it twice already this season. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You are going out and, you know, say what you want about Davis Mills, but there are a couple passes away and a couple penalties away from beating Carolina on that Thursday night game. And, you know, Carolina just went and dueled and, you know, the score maybe looks a little closer than it was, but didn't play very well against the Cowboys, but Carolina is mm-hmm. considered a really good team. And, you know, Houston was right there. This is a team that when Tyrod was in week one, they beat Jacksonville. If he plays the entire game week two, maybe they beat a good team like the Browns. Who knows? Trey White locked up Brandon Cooks all game. I think we heard his name once or twice the entire game. Um, the conditions right. obviously were sloppy. Um, Josh, like you said, slow start, but picked it up. The Milano injury is obviously a big concern considering we're going up against Travis Kelsey this week, which we'll get into a little bit. Um, other than that, the only few concerns I had about the game itself, um, the red zone conversions weren't as good as I would like to see. They got down there early and often. Shout out Tyler Bass for now and all the field goals, but – you got to convert, especially against the Chiefs. You know, right now that'll work against the Texans, the Jaguars, those low caliber teams. But against the higher teams, the AFC, NFC, that's not going to work. And then we didn't have really any turnovers, but we pull out to Allen's pick. But, you know, Diggs fumbles, Singletary slipped one up, Josh dropped a snap. Like we were putting the ball on the ground a lot. Luckily, we were able to get them. Part of that's conditions, but part of that's also knowing you play in Buffalo. That's just part of what's going to happen. You have to find ball security. And then I wouldn't say this is a concern, but I talked about last week they should have maybe rested Gabriel Davis this week. And he wasn't out there too much. I think Sanders and Allen's connection has a big deal of why, you know, Davis isn't as involved in the offense. But I think when you play the Chiefs and some other of these teams – I think it's going to be important to have Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis get more involved. I mean, most of Josh's targets went to only Sanders, Knox, and Diggs. They didn't have really that even distribution that we had seen the previous weeks. I think down the line later in the season, it's going to be important to have the McKenzie's, the Kumaro's, the Gabe Davis's involved just so if the time comes, they're able to step in. Um, I think also it was kind of just the game the way it was, um, but really no huge bad takeaways um, other than a little bit of sloppy play at the beginning, the red zone stuff, and then obviously hoping that um, Milano's injury is okay. McDermott considered him day-to-day, which is huge. Like you said, I think just based on the conditions, knowing the game was in hand, there's no reason to put him back out there. Um, he's going to be huge for us throughout the whole season. He's been our defensive MVP so far. And hopefully in the next few days when we start seeing these injury reports, um, I'm hoping maybe on – Wednesday and Thursday, we're seeing him maybe as a limited, kind of just precautionary. And then once we ramp up Friday, Saturday, that he's a full participant and we're good to go Sunday. So before we kind of transition into that Chiefs game, do you have anything else you want to touch on with the Texans game? Yeah, so those injuries being day-to-day is huge, right? Like 
like you said, that that's a good sign. It's hopefully it's precautionary. They knew what we were, they know who we were playing, right. With the conditions. Um, and yeah, red, red zone is definitely concerning. Um, right. Again, we won 40 to nothing. Right. Maybe I'm assuming they knew, Hey, we're going to walk away with the dub, no matter what we do here. Let's take the easy points. Let's grab the field goals. Let's just get out of here. Um, and, and I'm sure the conditions had something to do with it, like with the fumbles and everything. Um, I, if you see in the, if you watch the Sunday night game, um, with Tampa Bay and the Patriots, Tom Brady was off. He was missing throws. And it was the exact same weather conditions as it was in Buffalo. So um, I definitely think weather played a part into the sloppy game at times. Um, Buffalo or not, right? Like torrential downpour is a torrential downpour, right? You can only do so much. Like, yes, hold on to the ball, be better with it. But if the rain gets in there and it messes you up, it is what it is, right? We're not going to play every week in the torrential downpour. But, I mean, there are things to clean up, and they – mentioned that they owned that and they said it wasn't a perfect game which is hard to believe that 40 to nothing isn't a perfect game which makes me even more excited uh right like this offense knows that they can be so much better so imagine if it wasn't a torrential downpour imagine right perfect conditions they opened up the the playbook it could have been 75 to nothing right like um we'll never know but right and and i don't know if that played a role into not having Gabriel Davis play a big role, right? He had one target. He didn't catch it, right? Did that play into not moving things around? Did they know like, hey, we don't have to throw the book at this team. Let's save some of this stuff for Kansas City, for the Titans, for Tampa Bay down the line, right? Like that, I'm sure that plays a role into it. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I I don't think – I think they knew they were playing a JV squad. They knew they didn't want to get fancy. Like, let's just go out, s- score a lot of points, keep them from scoring points, and get out of here with a win and get ready for the real test on Saturday or Sunday night. Yeah, so that's let's, my final point. Let's transition to that game. And yeah. I know you have a rant brewing. I'm going to throw out some yeah. things. I think I actually have a question that can lead right into your rant. Okay. So – the Chiefs right now, two and two, they're probably a few plays away from being four and oh, whether that's a Mahomes dumb interception against Baltimore and maybe stopping Lamar um, to just another dumb pick by Mahomes um, against the Chargers. Call it what it is, they're two and two right now. Their defense mm-hmm. can't stop anybody. They've allowed right. 30 points in three out of four games, and the only game they didn't allow 30 points was week one against the Browns, 29. and they allowed 29. Yep. If Jalen and Matt Bovey um, from Channel 7 point out perfectly – if the Philadelphia Eagles can go out and score 30 points against the Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills better go out and be able to score 30 points. This is a huge game. It's an AFC championship rematch. And there's a lot of emotional and psychological things going on in this game. I think this is a monumental game for two people and a specific part of the ball. I think defensively, this is a huge game because so far we've wiped the floor with the four teams we've played defensively. You've pitched two shutouts, but you know what everyone's saying? Well, it was the Texans. Well, it was against the Dolphins and Jacoby Bursett. Well, it was against Taylor Heineke. It was against a washed up Ben Roethlisberger. This team last year against the Chiefs couldn't stop anything. 
not a single ball. Like we punted like one time early in the game and then we could not stop them the entire rest of the game. And that was the same way at home too. Like this is a huge game for the defense to prove up. We're not frauds. We're here. We're coming to play smash mouth football and you're not going to play that game against us anymore. And then I think these are big games for McDermott and Josh Allen. McDermott needs to step up. He needs to coach the best football he's ever coached. He hasn't always had the best record against these great high elite teams. He needs to out coach Andy Reid in this game. And with Josh, he just hasn't played well against Kansas City so far. You have that matchup in comparison against Mahomes. We've seen sugar high Josh in some of these bigger moments so far. We've also seen Josh step in and play primetime against a good 49ers team and light the world on fire. We've seen him play against a Russell Wilson-led Seahawks team when he was the MVP talk at that point, and he destroyed the Seahawks. We need that Josh to show up. We need the Josh that showed up against Washington to show up in Kansas City. I think the run name needs to get involved to maybe calm that pressure a little bit. But at the end of the day, Josh needs to be Josh. We need to go in there. And this is a huge game because – Kyle Brent pointed out this morning, I think this is way more of a big deal for the Bills to win this game than it is for the Chiefs. The Chiefs know mm-hmm. they have your number. They know that even if they lose this game, they can tur- they're, they've shown in the past they can flip that switch. The Raiders, I'm not so sure they're as good as everyone thinks they are. The Chargers handled them pretty good last night. Um, you know, Broncos, we'll still see, depending on what Teddy Bridgewater's health is. The rest of the AFC, I mean, we saw Tennessee lose to the Jets. I think, obviously, Kansas City is still going to be a playoff team regardless. But you haven't beaten this team yet at all. And they whooped your ass twice last year. Like, this is a chance. Get over that psychological thing. It's almost like the Bills-Colts. This is, like, reminds me of the Bills-Colts first game. You need to get over, like, that hump. Like, we had the Texans game where we blew it. You had that moment of, you know, Poyer punches the ball out and they don't give us the fumble. It's like, okay, here we go again. You knock down the Hail Mary and it's like, finally, we're into the second round of the playoffs. You can take the monkey off your back. And I feel like that's what this game is. This is a big opportunity Mm -hmm. for Buffalo to go make a statement. You know, we're not frauds. We're the real deal. We're the best team in the AFC right now. And we're going to go out there on Sunday night, punch Kansas City in the mouth and come home with a victory. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> the Kansas City Chiefs are our new New England Patriots. I mean, it's simple, right? Like they are what's standing between us and success. Used to be the Patriots all those years. Now it's Kansas City. But what's different about this now is we have a team equipped to beat Kansas City, right? Like watching the last two <clears throat> games from last year, right? Like, I just feel like they were so timid against the Chiefs, right? Like they were afraid of them. And it reminded me of when we would play the Patriots in the drought years, right? Like they just were afraid to make mistakes. And I think that can't happen, right? Like going into this game, you have to play your game, right? Like Dable and Josh cannot overthink this. Go balls to the wall, get aggressive, and play your game, right? Like that's the only way you beat this team is play your game, right? Like, you know their defense isn't great. It has consistently gotten worse throughout the years since they've been up on this stupid pedestal that they're on, right? So, like, you know you can take advantage of this defense. So do it. Like, God's sake, just do it, right? Like, last year, 
their the Kansas City Chiefs game plan was lock down digs and force Josh to do something else, right? Like, and yeah, they got us, they got us with it, right? Like it worked. But we're not that team anymore, right? Like, sure, go ahead, lock down digs. But how are you gonna lock down Emmanuel Sanders? And how are you gonna lock down Dawson Knox? And how are you gonna lock down Gabriel Davis? And how are you gonna lock down Cole Beasley? And how are you gonna lock down uh, Isaiah McKenzie, right? Like you can't lock them all down, right? We're a do- different team now. We're an evolving offense. And another, right? Like they were able to lock down digs and force Josh to go elsewhere. Cause we didn't have a running team, a running game last year. And our jokes on line you got killed. <laughs> yeah. Jokes on you, Kansas city. We now have two guys that can run the ball pretty damn well so far. So that's not going to work for you anymore. Right. So, Go out there, play the football that you've been playing this year so far, right? Punch them in the mouth. You're going to get punched back. Throw the ball in their face mask again, Josh. Like, just keep going, right? Like, it's going to be a scrappy match. I know it is. Like, it's going to be back and forth. We just have to be able to throw the last punch and have it land, right? Like, don't get sugar high, Josh. Don't make stupid mistakes. Keep your head about you, right? Like, you know, Kansas City is going to think they've got bulletin board material from the way the playoff game ended last year, right? Like with the scrap and, and Josh throwing the, the ball, you think those, you know, those idiots think they have bulletin. They don't. They don't. They don't anything we do, right? Like when I think Kansas City and this team, I think that picture of Diggs on the stadium with his hands on his helmet and the confetti coming down around him. That's what I think of, right? Like this game is going to mean so much to this team. Just like they said the Houston game was motivation for Josh coming out of that, right? This game's the same thing, but it's, I think it's just on another level. And like that's encouraging because we're at the time where it can be another level, right? Like this is the perfect opportunity to put them to bed, right? Like be done with Kansas City, be done with all the idiots saying that, our record doesn't mean anything because it's against crappy teams. And that's leading me into my rant. I'm not ready to go to the rant yet. So hang on with me. Um, but yeah, like I think you just have to go out and just be aggressive and punch them in the mouth because they are punchable on defense, right? Like their defense is punchable. Now, when we play defense, that's a different story, right? Like we have, the defense has to be on their game. The Chiefs are Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Kermit running around and making plays, right? Like that's their team. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire doesn't look great this season, right? He ran us over last year, um, right? When we forced them to just run, I think you do that again, force them to run. Let's try that game plan again. Lock down the passing game, force them to run. Our defensive line and our linebackers are better equipped to run that game plan this year. I think it works for us this year, right? Force them to run the ball. Don't let Kermit run all over the place and dive around making stupid throws. Don't let Tyreek Hill get hot. Lock him away. Keep an eye on Travis Kelsey. I don't know, right? Like if you do a safety spy, you bring a nickel down and sit on him along with Milano or AJ Klein, whatever you have to do, but force him to run. Let's see what they do. Let's see if the defense can step up and do it right. And I'm not saying 
pitch a shutout and destroy them. I don't give a shit. This is one of the games where I'm okay with a last second field goal to win by one. I just want a bigger number than their number when the clock hits zero. That's all I need right now. I don't need a shutout. I don't need a dominant performance. Just score more points than the other team on Sunday. That's what you have to do. And that's what I think they can do, right? Like dare them to run, make them be a one dimensional team and the defense will prosper, will prosper, right? Like I don't want a bunch of takeaways, which I think, I think they, I think they can have a couple takeaways. I think they can, you know, get a couple of interceptions and stuff, but I don't need the defense to score. It might, if we get to the point where the defense has to score, we've lost the game, right? Like it can't get to that point. It can't get to the point where Josh is hanging on by a thread. Nothing gets going on offense and we are begging the defense to bail us out again. Like that can't happen. I don't think it's going to happen because Kansas city's defense is so bad. Um, so I think we're going to be okay on that front, but we, we got to be on it. Every facet of the team just has to be at the top of their game. Um, and I think, I also think there has to be a bit of luck on our side, right? Like we got, we got to get that good karma. Like the football gods have to be smiling on us Sunday night because you never know what can happen, right? Kansas city has proved time and time again, that at the drop of a hat, they can flip a switch and put teams away, right? They don't cover because they let teams stay in it and then decide, Oh, yep. Yeah, all right. We're going to, we're going to win the game. That's why they never cover against the spread. If you're looking at betting wise, but they just have that ability to click. Um, but that hasn't that click that drop of the hat hasn't been there the past couple of weeks. So that's why I think, right. Like get up on them quick. Don't kind of put them on their heels. Um, and I think that's how you beat this team. Um, but I think if they win, I think Emmanuel Sanders of all people needs to have a huge game, right. Cause they're going to try to take away digs. That's obvious, right. That's the obvious play here, but. I think Emmanuel Sanders is, is the quote-unquote key to the game on Sunday, right? He has to have a huge game over the middle, um, down long, along the sidelines. Like, I think this is going to be an Emmanuel Sanders game. It has to be if we're going to win. Um, I'd love to see Diggs shine, but I don't know if they're going to let him. So, But that's why you paid Emmanuel Sanders money. That's why you, you know brought him in here for this reason. So um, Diva Diggs is going to have to wait another week um to shine i'm just kidding i'm done with that um but yeah so i think that's kind of my thought process for the game going into it yeah and i agree with you on sanders i think he has to be a big part i do think beasley and Diggs are both a little motivated because they were both hurt the last time they played in the title game i think yeah you know breland's not there anymore so Diggs is going to have a a little bit of a better matchup. Beasley's always going to find a way to get open, even though maybe the stats didn't say that against Houston. We just didn't need to throw it to him. I think Moss and Singletary have to be involved here because I think keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, If and I just want, like you said, like go out and run your game plan. Like if you go out and run the ball and it works, don't start having Josh throw the ball 25, 40 right. times. Like if you're running yeah. it down their throat, just run it down their throat yeah. and they don't need overthink to get, it. And they need to get Moss and Singletary, I think, a little bit more involved in the passing game. They're good in open space. I think Moss has been mm-hmm. better this year receiving wise than I thought he would be. The linebackers on Kansas City aren't that great. And I think the other big part of this game is how McDermott and the team itself can handle the momentum changes because we saw it yep. last year. 
we went down, we got a field goal, you know, we punt the ball, they fumble it. We scored Dawson Knox next play. You know, we missed six points, nine, nothing. You know, people start thinking back to the Texans game the previous year when they were up like 21 or 24, nothing on Kansas city. And then they mm-hmm. blew it back open. If you get ahead on Kansas city, like 14 or 17 to three or 17, zero. And then, you know, they have a kickoff return for a touchdown and then a Tyree kill deep ball or something. And then they're right there. How do you handle that moment? Do you crumble right. like you did last year and you you start feeling pressure and you get sugar high, Josh, and you start calling dumb plays? And Dable just doesn't – Dable needs to not get cute. We don't need to see that fourth and two Willis McGahee, Drew Bledsoe throwback. Right. Just run the plays that work. Don't overthink it. But when you get punched in the mouth, punch them back. Don't just keep eating them. And the same thing goes. If they go up on you 14 nothing, believe in your defense that they can turn it around and believe you're a top three offense in the league, you can flip that switch and go score 50 fucking points on them. Like you're like, stop what you said. Stop thinking that you're not as good as them or being afraid of them. Like you are with the Patriots. We were like, you are as good and you should think you're better than this team. They haven't showed this year. They've gotten better. We have, we've gotten Gregory Russo. We got Boogie Basham. Matt Milano looks the best version himself. Edmonds, Poyer and Hyde. Trey White, the run game is there. Dawson Knox is going up. Josh still has so much more room to grow. We have Diggs. We have Sanders. We have Beasley. We have so many weapons. Just go out there, handle your business. And it's so easy for us to say that, but just know, right. don't overthink it. You have all the motivation. Like you said, I think of the Diggs picture with him and Josh on the sideline hugging and then the confetti Diggs holding his helmet. I think of McDermott putting his arm around Diggs and walking back with him to the locker room. Like, use that as your motivation. But at the same time, like you said, you know they're going to come out, try to get things cheap, chippy. You have to keep your head on your, you know, head on your shoulders. I feel like Diggs is going to talk a lot this game. That's kind of just how I feel like in bigger games, he likes to kind of get involved and engage. I think he plays better when that does happen. But mm-hmm. don't be going out and getting stupid 15 yard on sportsman likes, things like that. And the offensive line, even though, you know, the Chiefs haven't been good this year. They still do have, you know, Chris Jones and Frank Clark and those guys who can get to the pass rusher. And based on the way they played last year, they definitely have some more juice to them too. And I think added, keeping Spencer Brown in there is going to help too because he definitely has that juice to go right back at them. Sure. Yeah. And I think the biggest – one of the biggest um, factors in this game is, is the moment going to get too big for this team? We've seen it time and time again, right? And that's where Sugar Eye Josh comes from. That's where – McDermott making crazy challenges or making crazy calls comes from. It's like, is the moment too big for this team? You can, you can shut that all up by just going in. Yes. It's a Sunday night game. It's against the team that kept you out of the Super Bowl. It's against the team that has had your number the past few years, right? Like, yeah, it's a big game. I get that. It's not the end of the world. If we lose it, we're still in a good spot, right? Standings wise. If we lose this game, it'd be, really really awesome if we win but like just go in and play football play your game you don't have to shut them out keep them to around 24 points like i think that's a comfortable spot the defense has some leeway keep them to 24 points they're giving up 30 they average like 31 a game that they let up score 35 win 35 24 and get out of there right like don't like you said don't get cute don't try to you know, uh, make the highlight reel. Just go in, 
play football, score more points than they, than they do, right? Like, yes, it's a big moment. It'll mean a lot for the franchise. It'll mean a lot for, um, you know, where we're going. But worry about that after. Worry about that on the plane ride home, right? Like, just focus on the 60 minutes ahead of you when you get there on Sunday night. That's what they need to do. Um, that's what I think they will do. Like, I feel confident. Now, me feeling confident makes me not feel confident, right? Because I thought last week was a trap game, but who knows, right? I'm all over the place emotionally with the Bills. Um, but yeah, like, I feel good about this game. Like, I think this team is at a spot where they can get it done. Like, take care of this. I think they can do that. Um and I don't know if you have anything else you want to add, but I'm getting ready. I'm ready to rant. So one, if we want to. One last yeah, thing. Um, I think fans also need to realize if we win this game, that doesn't mean that we have completely handled the Chiefs. I think oh, it yeah. means that you've ignited a rivalry. You have finally overcome the demon of that, you know, they own you, but that also doesn't take away that there's a high probability you're going to be seeing them again in the playoffs. But this time it's like, all right, we saw you in the regular season. We know we can get it done now. Let's square up and go at it and fight it out for a full 60 minutes again. And the difference is this time, before you knew that we could beat or they could beat us and we could didn't know that we could beat them this time, we know we can beat them. So mm-hmm. fans need to chill out. If we beat them that, you know, we're the best team ever. And, you know, we're a better yeah. team than them. We're all like, we haven't won a super bowl. They have sure. just two years ago and they were in it last year and they beat us and killed us to do that. Obviously it's a right. big moment, but you know, obviously it's a great stepping stone for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, Take the show away. Yeah, so, Go for it. So, so fan reactions is a theme of this rant, right? So you that leads perfectly, right? I am so sick of this week. It's Tuesday, and I am sick of it. I have turned off Twitter many times after scrolling for two seconds because I cannot stand the just ridiculous takes I'm seeing on social media about this team. Yes. We're three and one. We somehow lost to the Steelers. That's week one. Like I said in the beginning of the show, throw that week out. That week means nothing. The that Packers lost nothing. by a gazillion to the Saints right. who just lost to the Giants. Exactly. Right. It doesn't mean anything, right? It is hard to win on Sundays in the NFL. It is hard to do. These are all professional athletes. Yeah, so the teams we beat, not that great and not going to be great moving forward. Yeah. But you know what? We didn't just beat these teams. We destroyed these teams, 118 to 21. Are you kidding me? If you think that those wins don't count or don't matter, you are an absolute idiot, and you know nothing about sports, and you know nothing about football. We didn't just sneak our way through and win by a point. Do you remember, what, two years ago, we started uh, the season off like four and one, we just barely beat the Jets. And then we just barely beat the Giants. And then we just, there was another two, we just barely beat. And it's like, oh, yeah, those are wins. But like, whew, woof, we barely beat them. I can't even imagine what Twitter would be like if we just barely beat Washington or just barely beat the Texans. 
We are destroying these teams. You, this team cannot control who they play week in and week out. It is not their fault what their schedule looks like. Yeah, they've got a really easy schedule moving forward. We've got maybe two, two games coming up, three games coming up where it's like, ooh, it's going to be a real big test. Let's see if the team, what the team's made of, right? But it's like they can't control that. What they can control is how they play. And they've been playing incredible. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ball. It matters how they play their football. And they have been wiping the floor with these teams, right? Like they are handling business against these teams. Like if any of those games were close, yeah, it'd be a different story, but it wasn't. The team's scoring points. They're clicking. They are shutting down other teams. Like it's not a comparison. Like you can't say that, oh, this team doesn't deserve to be in the top of the rankings, top five, because who'd they beat? Who did they beat? Who'd they beat? They beat another professional football team in the National Football League, idiot. Who do you think they beat, right? Like, it's it's hard to win football games. And they are they are walking away with huge wins. Like, it's just so infuriating to see these stupid hot takes. And I know that's what trolls do on the internet and I'm feeding into it and it's getting me worked up, but it's like, really? Like they're impressive. They are impressive to watch, right? Josh is looking impressive again. I didn't expect him to look this good again. After the first couple of weeks, I was like, all right, we're going to get a mixture of 2019 Josh and last year, Josh, that's okay. But he's back to 2020 MVP race, Josh. He really is. The offense looks great. They're figuring out the long ball. It's a long season. Like, they're going to be fine. Like, and you know what? They're going to play their schedule that was handed to them. And, yeah, there's going to be some bad teams on that schedule. We play the Jets twice still. We get to shut out the Dolphins again. We've got um, the Saints. Who knows what the hell the Saints are, right? They looked great the first couple weeks, but now they look like dog shit. So is that going to be a, oh, that was a weak win. When we beat them on Thanksgiving, I don't know. You tell me, Internet. Are they actually a good team? Are they not a good team? What happens if Washington figures out, Fitzy comes back, and they go on a tear? Do those first four wins not meet anything anymore? Like, it's so infuriating. Like, this team has worked so hard and has come so far to get where they are. And then to just consistently not get any respect and any credit is so demoralizing as a fan. I'm sure the team, they see this. And I don't think it means that much to them as it does to the, like me, crazy ass super fans um, who let the Bills control 95% of their emotions on any day. But like they see it, but it's like they've come too far and worked too hard to get shafted like this every day. If you look, if you've watched, watched any of the um, afternoon games or the late games, wouldn't even know the Bills played on Sunday. No conversation whatsoever that the team won 40 to 0. 40 to 0. Nothing. I've heard nothing in national media on Sunday or yesterday. Things are now starting to trickle out a little bit, but that's only because power rankings are putting it at the top and people are whining about it and crying about it. It's just, it's frustrating to sit here and watch all the hard work just go by the wayside. And we just still get no respect. And it's like, 
what does this team have to do? They don't control who they play. That's handed to them, right? Like they are taking care of business as they should week in and week out, right? If we make it to the playoffs, if we have a cakewalk, we have a pretty easy schedule. Yes. If we go 14 and three or 13 and four, and we walk into the first seed because Kansas city had a tougher uh, schedule or right. They're not as good. Like, they're still not going to get any credit. They could win a Super Bowl this year. And all we'll hear is, oh, they, they had an easy season. What were they? It's like, we won our division. We were at the top of the division. We're playing division winners. Like, what do you want us to do? Be mad at the other teams for sucking so bad, right? Like, it's just so infuriating to not see this team get the respect it deserves. And it's like, if you think this team doesn't deserve respect, you are a small-brained idiot that needs to stop watching Stephen A. Smith and actually watch some real football and actually get an original opinion for once because I am so sick of seeing it on Twitter. It's not fair to this team. It's not fair to the fans, right? So I just – I want them to go out, win against Kansas City. Even if we win against Kansas City and don't blow them out or win by one, you're still going to have those idiots out there like, ugh. Well, you just barely won against Kansas City. Are you really that good? And it's just going to be the same thing over again. And I know it. And I know I shouldn't get as worked up as I am about it. But it's just like enough is enough. Josh is good. Josh is really good. The defense is good. The defense is really good. It doesn't matter who the quarterbacks were that we played against. Like this team is good. Fucking recognize it and get over yourselves. So with that, I'm over it, right? Like I, it's no, just, I'm, I'm with you. It's I mean, tough. It's tough to see week in and week out. Like where such a good team. Where is so when the Bills sucked? Where was the people saying, "Oh, well, Tom Brady had an easy schedule because he played the Dolphins, yeah. the Jets, and the Bills six times a year." Where is it last year before Herbert became good and Drew Locke's the quarterback? It's like. Mahomes them. You had two cakewalks against the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders every year. Maybe they lose one divisional game. There isn't that conversation. And then you know exactly what's going to happen. The Bills are going to beat the Chiefs. They'll talk about it for 0.5 seconds. And then the next topic is what's wrong with the Chiefs? Is Patrick Mahomes broken? Can this team recover? It's not going to be, wow, the Bills are awesome. The The Bills Bills can be the Super Bowl. Except for me, the good morning football. Good morning football always credits the Bills. Kyle Brandt, K. Adams, Nate Burleson, Peter Schrager. They all do a great job. Everyone else, like Stephen A. Smith, didn't even talk about the Bills until today about his power rankings. You know, he's a troll because he always just talks about the Cowboys who have sucked the last, like, five years and now all of a sudden they're the greatest teams can slice bread. But I agree with you. Twitter trolls control. Super fans know what's up. We know this team's good. Sunday is going to be awesome. It's going to be a late night. Um, work is going to either be really awesome or really shitty on Monday. But, you know, I think we're in a good spot. Um, injury news is going to be big this week. I'm sure everyone's going to be following that. Um, but, no, I agree with all the points you're made. I think this week could definitely help at least get the Bills a little more attention. <laughs> Probably not as much as we deserve, but – I think that's also just part of being Buffalo and being a small market and no one wants to 
everyone just wants to talk about wide right and the four Super Bowl losses right. and, yeah. you know, the Sabres sucking and blah, 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 blah. And the city of Buffalo is a dumpster until you've actually been there and know it's actually awesome. But it is what it is. Um, and on the you, flip side, right, like, yes, we have an easy schedule. So you have to sustain what you're doing, right? Like there's got to be maybe one more shutout in here or there's got to be a couple routes towards the end of the year, right? Like it has to be sustained. This can't hit her out or I'm going to look like a big idiot. But it's like, I think the team's going to do that, right? So you have to sustain this. You do have an easy schedule. So there are no excuses. So you have to show up every week. You have to take care of business every week. And I think the team's going to do that, right? I don't, this isn't a team like past Bills teams, right? This isn't the drought team. This isn't the newfound success teams of a few years ago. Like this is an elite team, dare I say elite team, right? So this has to be sustained. I think it is sustainable. It's going to take everything they have, right? With the extra week, with everything else. Um, But yeah, I don't just fucking win games. I don't care. Just let's just get through the season. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's end the show on a high note. Uh, yeah. This past week, former Buffalo Bill, Kansas City Chief, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and Philadelphia Eagle with Sean McCoy. Shady announced his retirement finally. There was he was contemplating coming back, maybe doing another ring chase type deal, but um, he decided to sign his one day contract with Philadelphia. Um, always loved Shady and Buffalo no matter where he was when he was in Kansas city during his super bowl. And they were talking about the fans, even during his closing with Philadelphia, you know, him saying, you know, I really wasn't originally sure about Buffalo, but once I got there, I fell in love. The fans were awesome. The community's awesome. Says he wants mm-hmm. to come and see a few games. He's talked about, he still talks to Josh and Poyer and like those guys, he still talks to a lot of them. And you could tell even for a guy like of that, LaShawn McCoy was the first player in a long time that like, when we got him, like he was a legitimate NFL star that Buffalo right. had. And he had yeah. elite seasons with us. Um, so I think it's only right that maybe we talk about our two or three favorite, you know, maybe games or shady moments um, as it, during his time with Buffalo. So I'll let you start with your two to three games or moments that really stick out to you with LaShawn McCoy's tenure or maybe just some thoughts on him overall. Yeah. So um, right before I do that, yeah, you're right. Like he was a huge, huge get for us. Right. I liken that to like thinking about the Mario Williams sign. Like that was big for us. Like that was a big name that everyone in the league knew. You're like, Oh shit, we got Mario Williams. Look at that. Like trading for shady. Oh, no kidding. LaShawn McCoy's coming here. Right. And that first season was tough. Right. Like I remember when we played Philadelphia and he was out on their logo and you're like, really this dude doesn't want to be here, whatever. Um, but no, like he was one of those guys who learned to love the city. He learned to understand the fans and how we operate and right. Like what makes us tick. And, uh, I definitely respect him for that, right. How he shift, uh, his mindset shifted about the team and about the city and about the fans. So yeah, I'll always, I'll always appreciate him for that. Um, but I think my favorite shady moment, and I'm sure it's on your list too, is the snow game. Um, right. Like this, that whole game was incredible. And that touchdown at the end to put it away, right. That helps us with the playoff push that year. And, um, it just was <clears throat> probably all time. One of my favorite plays and games and, you know, definitely a big shady moment for us. Yeah. And that's also probably 
one of the biggest fleeces for trades in NFL history. That was just <laughs> absolutely dope. But yeah, snow games <laughs> up there for me. There are other, two other games that really stood out for me from a, as a fan. Um, my first, like, holy shit, LaShawn McCoy is a bill, is a top five player, probably top running back in the league was his first year Thursday night against the Jets in the red jerseys for the first time. Mm. You and I weren't really fortunate enough to see the Thurman Thomas days where he was in his prime, other than like seeing highlights and old games and stuff like that to really like appreciate it. And I love Fred Jackson. Fred Jackson was like my personal favorite running back, but Mm -hmm. that game, the moves he was making, he had 112 rushing yards and 47 receiving yards. I remember the one play he like ran left of the line, got stuck. Completely did like a 360, yeah. ran to the other side. Tyrod threw him a block. He ran for like 30 yards. Like, no, like he was the true definition of his Twitter handle of cut on a dime. He could not be tackled. And it was the first time I was like, holy shit, this guy is one of the best players that's ever going to put on a Bills uniform. Like, he was that good and impressive. And the second game that set out for me was the Jacksonville playoff game. And it probably doesn't stick out to a lot of people. But it stuck, stuck out to me because he gets hurt against Miami in that final game where we, you know, end the drought. He's part of that team. It was very clear that he had a really messed up ankle, probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have played in that game. And he yep. very easily could have been like, you know what, drought's over. You know, I'm going to get my money. You know, we're not going to get, you know, past maybe this game in the playoffs because our roster's really not that good. We're running out Andre Holmes and Zay Jones and, you know, Deontay Johnson is our receiving core. We're not going to go far. You know, I don't want to risk my health and this, that, and third. But he works his ass off all week. He comes out, puts up 75 rushing yards and 44 receiving yards, so 100 all-purpose yards. Would have had more if Calvin Benjamin didn't have a hold or maybe it was Deontay Johnson on a screen pass that Tyrod threw to him, and he ran it for like 60 yards at a late point in the game and it got called back. But just Mm -hmm. him going out and playing that game showed me how much he actually loved and appreciated Buffalo. And at first when they did like the beyond blue and red, Anthony Lynn was the one that talked about how at first he really wasn't sure about being a bill because his whole life, he was just, he played college football in Pitt and that's, and, you know, grew up in Philadelphia and that's all he knew. And then, like you said, he embraced the city. He embraced us. And I'm just glad that he's – there are some players that leave Buffalo and, you know, they like to throw – not not more so at the fans, but kind of just at the organization and how, like, the team wasn't very good. He I never see, saw him do that. Like, he was always very respectful. Even his kind of weird exit with Buffalo where Breen kind of kept saying, yeah, he's our starter, and then we kind of just, <laughs> you know, released him and let him go sign right. and play with the Chiefs. Like, he still – even when he was talking about Philadelphia and his presser, he said, you know, McDermott's got this team on the right path. He built a great culture. I love my time there. I can't wait to go back there. And Mm -hmm. he's definitely going to be a top three running back probably in Bill's history. I mean, Thurman and I mean, OJ will probably be up there, but you know, LaShawn's right there. And if he would have spent more time, you know, who knows where he would be, but you know, it was great that we got him pretty much in his prime for two to three years. And, you know, he was worth every penny we had of him. Yeah, he was impressive. He was fun to watch, right? Like, I think about there was a, a game against Jacksonville. It was like a boring-ass game going into the second half. We were, it was like 7-6 to six or something. 75-yard uh, touchdown. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, was at that game. First, yeah, it, it was the first game in the second half from scrimmage, and he just just barrels through the line of scrimmage and is just free for 70 yards, running free, no one around him. And he's like, holy crap, this dude is good, right? Like, he is incredible talent. Like, he's just so quick and elusive. And then um, the last game I'll talk about, right, like, is his revenge game against Chip Kelly, right? Um, Chip Kelly comes in with the 49ers um, into Buffalo, right? There, there, you also have the storyline about Kaepernick. Kaepernick. I was at that game. Uh, yeah, like, that's the height of the kneeling thing and all this nonsense. Um, but right. That's his revenge game against Chip Kelly. You know, he hates Chip Kelly, um, right. The, the, the not shaking hands thing, all that. And dude just goes off. He had, um, I had the stats written down. Where'd it go? 140 140 yards, three touchdowns. It was only on 19 carries. Right. And, and the bills win 45 to 16 against the Niners. Right. Like there was just a fun game, um, fun to watch him play. So, um, yeah, that's uh, it was a great career for him. Happy for him. Glad he's you know gets to enjoy retirement, and he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer here soon once he's eligible. I think he's going to be a good commentator if he once he ever decides to go that route as well. He's done some previous stuff, and he's done pretty well in that. I'd also be reminisced sure. in the Texans game. My guy Tyrod Taylor coming home. Seemed like <laughs> yeah. I didn't see I, – I wasn't at the game, obviously, so I don't know. I don't think they did anything for him, but it seemed like a lot of the players were very receptive of him and it seemed mm-hmm. like I saw Poyer, Diggs, Hughes, Eric Wood, who like obviously does you know play-by-play at Murphy now, um, all were like going and seeking him out in the tunnel then when he was on the field. And I do respect that, you know, he's hurt. He didn't really probably have to make the trip, but he still came and it seemed like – a lot of fans were wearing a jersey and were still supportive of him, even if they didn't do yeah. anything. Uh, it was still good to see. But um, I think that's pretty much going to do it for today's show. What do you think happens on Sunday, Nick? I'm going to go – I think it's going to be a shootout, honestly. I think this is a classic Sunday night. I think this could be a game that gets remembered for a long time. Like I think it's going to be that entertaining. One way or another, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo 34, Kansas City 31. Okay. Right. What about you? Um, as I said earlier, right, like even the 24, I think it like 27, 33, however that math works. I don't know, something around there, right? Low 30s for the Bills, high 20s for the Chiefs. Definitely going to be an interesting game. I'm sure we're going to be up late Sunday. And oh, yeah. I think uh, regardless, we'll be – because of the game and the magnitude, I'm sure we'll do a uh, Monday episode to get the most entertaining content for all the – Overreaction Monday. That's right. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Um, hope everyone's been enjoying the content. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. We appreciate all support. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. What a connection. Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.